G'day humans, what's good work? Chris Bundy here for another edition of Wrestling Old Style with Alex Hurry Williams. Alex, how are you, mate? I'm doing good, but on behalf of all the humans, uh, happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I like the line you said before we got on air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, 32 now, so you are... 100,000 people in a stadium in Dallas. It is Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental title in a ladder match. Celebrates with his dad in the ring. His dad tries to put a WrestleMania cowboy hat on him and Zack hated it, so he just quickly <laughs> threw it on the ground. Yeah, thanks, man. I suppose we should get down to uh, business. Yeah, full disclosure for our listeners, both Chris and I have had a bit on our plates this past week. Uh, Chris obviously doing a lot with his family and stuff for his birthday week, so yeah, we're running a bit late on the wrap this week, but besides that, everything should be going up as per usual. Yes, indeed. Uh, would you like to talk schedule? Let's let people know what we got coming up, because man, I'm excited. So the October schedule is as follows. Friday the 2nd, there'll be Brody's Ultimate Game Show Night 6. Monday the 5th will be Fallout Down Under number 14, where Alex has chosen MCW's Ballroom Brawl from 2018. JXT! JXT! Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Wednesday the 7th will be our weekly wrestling wrap. Friday the 9th will be another Thunderstorm wrestling music edition, looking at Alex's choice. TNA. Cross the line. <laughs> we are going to be reviewing TNA music. And quickly, just massive round of applause for you, Chris. Fantastic work on the editing for the New Japan theme episode. Yeah, I was very pleasantly su surprised to hear all the splicey splicey you put in of the music and all that sort of good stuff. I honestly think that was one of our best episodes we've ever done, so... Why not do another music special? It's so nice. We'll be doing it twice this month, as you'll hear later on. Monday the 12th will be our Australian New Zealand uh, wrestling review of September 2020. Hopefully we can find a couple of events that ran this past month. Yeah, yeah. I can find a RCW show. I think PWA is doing something either this weekend or next. I'm not too sure. Yeah, so I think it's kind of slim pickings again this past <laughs> month, but... We'll see what we have when we get there. Safe to say there won't be any Victorian shows. <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> Wednesday the 14th, we'll see another edition of the Weekly Wrestling Wrap. Friday the 16th, we'll see Fruity's Ultimate Game Show Night Number 7. Monday the 19th, because we don't have enough New Japan, my choice for Fallout Down Under the International Review this month is Wrestle Kingdom 4 from 2010. I have not seen Wrestle Kingdom 4 before, so I'm very excited about seeing it and just seeing like how it compares to New Japan of today and all that sort of stuff. Main eventing Wrestle Kingdom 4. Which is, oh man, oh, a lot of meat slapping for this main event. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Yoshihiro Takeyama. Is that the man who invented the Fry Takeyama spot? That is the man from the Fry Takeyama spot, yes. Ooh, Marafuji's on this card. Dude, this card is like a whole different like new japan as to what i know dude Chano? terry funk and abdullah the butcher on this card really 
<laughs> oh my god. Manabu Nakanishi, Masahiro Chono, Ricky Choshu, and Terry Funk versus Abdullah the Butcher and Chaos, which at the time was Takashi Izka, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toriyanu. We got a team of Ishii and Abdullah the Butcher. What sort of weird timeline is this? Yeah. <laughs> We, hey, we got, got your... Naito in a tag match with the Dudley boys. <laughs> and bad oh. intentions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got Lord Tensai and Tetsuya Naito in the same match. Giant Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to go back and look at. I don't think they've gone over and redone english commentary for this one i know there's a few matches in the archive they've since done that with at this point i'm just used to watching everything with japanese commentary now so it's fine (laughs) as we'll talk about later on with the r block yeah yeah oh man how good's g1 yeah so leaving the new japan discussion for the moment uh yeah the 21st we'll see another edition of the wrap before friday the 23rd We'll see our R Block New Japan G1 Climax review show. So, talking some of the standout matches and that if you haven't been listening to us talk on the wrap. And then Monday, the 26th, we'll see our first edition of Outside the Ring Talking Things Non Wrestling Related with Alex's choice of (laughs) Randy Savage's album Be a Man from 2003. Anyone that hasn't listened to it, there's a full YouTube video. They've just put the f- full album into one YouTube video. And then you go- scroll through the comments and there's little timestamps that people have posted. So yeah, know what song's what and blah, blah, blah. Have a listen, man, because a little bit of hip hop mixed with a little bit of rock and roll. I like it. Then closing out the month, Wednesday the 28th, we'll see another edition of Weekly Wrestling Wrap before Friday the 30th, we'll see Fruity's Element Game Show Night Number 8. And it's not just going to be your stereotypical night of fantasy booking. It's going to be a very special episode where you and I award mid-year awards to each other for best and worst of for the mid-year of our fantasy booking. And we put each other in the hot seat and uh, pretty much force each other to shoot about issues we've had booking and all that sort of stuff and what plans we had to change. It'll be an interesting one to talk about and I'll finally be able to explain uh, a few rash decisions that came out after the next episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show that's about to drop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, that's our full October schedule coming out i'll upload an image soon to our social medias uh from there alex sad passing of road warrior animal during the week that got me man it messed me up you you could just tell by my messages how how much that one got to me you know how i did the virtual meet and greet with sid for this weekend there was going to be a virtual meet and greet with road warrior animal that I had already gotten a ticket for. Oh, man. I was a bit sceptical at first about the whole virtual meet and greet thing. And then I did the Sid one and I was like, that was fun. That was awesome. I'm going to do more of these. I would love to have a chat with Road Warrior Animal. I posted a photo from my personal Twitter and our uh, Wrestling Oz style account of a photo I had of 
as a 11 year old kid meeting road warrior animal and uh road warrior hawk who wasn't in face paint and looked weirdly like bill goldberg <laughs> but yeah um I would have loved to have had a chat with him and asked him about what was going on there and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Um, my maiden great, who, who cares about losing that in the long run? Uh, my thoughts are with his family and all that. Um, man, this dude, everything about him is like just what the... Not even the casual, like the non-wrestling fan would think of when you say professional wrestler they'll think of the big muscles they'll think of the face paint crazy hair maybe some spikes they'll th they'll think of the road warriors when you think of like 80s wrestling yeah absolutely certainly uh iconic imagery you listed off a bunch of um recommended viewing did you want to touch upon any of that i'm also just wanted to hear your thoughts on some of it um so i've pretty much rattled off like eight matches just off the top of my head that were not necessarily like the best matches just matches i was more so nostalgic for and remembered watching and like some of them happened like well before i was born but i had like wcw like uh best of compilation video videotapes and stuff like that uh, a couple of these matches actually were a bit not as good as i remembered <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah what, what were your thoughts on some of these matches should we rattle off the matches that we watched ah uh, yeah so your recommended viewing was starcade 86 versus the midnight express Starcade 87 versus the Brainbusters, Starcade 89 versus the Steiner Brothers, SummerSlam 92 versus Money Inc., Uncensored 96 versus Booker T and Sting, Canadian Stampede 97 with Gold Dust, Ken Shamrock and Steve Austin versus the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, British Bulldog, Owen Hart and Brian Pillman. And Raw from the 12th of May 2003 versus the tag team of Rob Van Dam and Kane. Yeah, I think you and I like talked about that random Raw appearance recently on a podcast, actually. Yeah, we've talked about on the upcoming Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. I'm partway through editing that show as we record this. Oh, I've I broke just... I broke the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to state on there I have uh like asked uh, which road warrior has passed away we did actually record that a couple of days before this all happened yeah oh, i didn't even think about that being asked yeah perhaps chris will chuck in a little disclaimer before it yes yeah um so like uh, the midnight express match i mainly chucked in there so you could see jim Cornette bust both of his knees and then scream like the most high-pitched squeal after the match did he actually hurt himself yeah he blew out both of his knees when he fell off the scaffold i thought that was all just a work no so what happened is um you, did you say big bubba rogers uh the future big boss man standing in the ring yeah he was meant to catch him Another incident where boss man is supposed to do something but doesn't. Oh man! Yeah, he's supposed to be out attacking Austin, but he's backstage talking to Taker about something. Yeah, this this time, um, yeah, he was meant to catch Jim Cornette, but boss man was just out of position again, and um, Jim Cornette had to improvise and just 
tried to land on his feet like both of the Midnights when they fell off. They sort of took a similar bump. But Jim Cornette did it and his legs were perfectly straight instead of bent when he hit the ring. And because they were perfectly straight, there was no give in his legs and he blew out both of his knees at the exact same time. And he was out of action for quite a bit after that. But a heel manager in a wheelchair, it always works. Absolutely. Uh, Which one would you say is worse, that or Vince tearing both his quads at the Rumble? Well, considering that uh, Vince didn't sit in front of the camera just going... Um, because of how much Jim Cornette squealed, which I probably would do the exact same thing, of course, but because of that squeal, I think Vince's was a little bit tougher and he handled it a little bit better. I've sent you that, um, clip that's going around online where Edge is interviewed, like, what's his weirdest Vince McMahon story? Yeah. He's the third out in the rumble and he goes back through Gorilla and sees Vince tear both his quads, goes back to his locker room and gets a message, don't go in the hallway, don't go in the hallway, because Vince walks himself from the ring to his own car to drive himself to the hospital. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Vince McMahon, the same guy that thinks sneezing is a sign of weakness. Well, I must be bloody weak because this hay fever's beat the crap out of me this spring. Yes, and he's also famous for saying the quote as, "Uh, why don't you get some more sleep, Vince? Uh, Plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead. Isn't that Bon Jovi? Yeah, and Vince says it all the time as well. Vince McMahon, famous for three hours of sleep a night. Like, just just a ridiculous human being. Same guy that, like, does contract negotiations at two in the morning. I suppose get them while they're sleepy. They're not going to be thinking straight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll negotiate with the Good Brothers after they've been out drinking all night. And at 2 a.m., I'll... Be like, oh, yeah, don't worry about AEW. I'll give you a heap of money. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll keep you around forever. Back to the Road Warriors. Was there anything else major you want to touch on there? I really enjoyed some of the spots in the Steiner Brothers. I enjoyed seeing the Steiner Brothers in this era. Um, The SummerSlam 92 entrance. Man, just coming out on those bikes. Yeah, Wembley. Like, they opened that bad boy up. They flogged it down that ramp. Yeah, for anyone who's listened to Freddie's Old McGame show, the last show that's been uploaded uh, was where I did In Your House. And, of course, I had to put the Road Warriors on the card going into Wembley. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, this one just sort of seemed to come out of nowhere. Have you heard um, if he was ill or... Like if it was a heart attack or anything like that? Uh, Like I said, that Facebook group I'm a part of had organised a meet and greet. I'm good friends with a couple of the admins in the group. And uh, one of the guys has a lot to do with booking the people for the virtual meet and greets. And he develops relationships and all that sort of stuff with them. And they've already had Animal on before. And Animal was going to be like... The second time they brought someone back twice because he was so fun to deal with and so nice. And, um, yeah, he was telling me, like, he spoke to Animal, like, three hours before Animal passed. And Animal was just happy, chipper. He was at a resort somewhere because it was his wedding anniversary night. Like, he passed away on his wedding anniversary. 
Like, just heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, reportedly a heart attack. Um, yeah, like, the guy I was speaking to, he said he spoke to Animal, like, at least once a week since the first signing he had with him. And, like, uh, Animal had, was, like, the kindest wrestler he had to deal with. Like, like full-on just giving this guy, like, all this awesome ring-worn stuff, like... Oh, yeah, here's some shoulder pads. Here you go. Yours. He gave him a set of spiked shoulder pads, man. Just because, like, oh, yeah, you probably care about these things more than I do. You have them. Like, that's just the sort of guy he was. So, um, yeah, this whole thing was absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, the... Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, like, massive favourites of mine as a kid. Like, you just see those guys come out and your whole imagination runs wild as a kid. Like, these are the only two guys in wrestling history who never had an action figure that looked as much like an action figure as they did in real life. Like, these guys were walking action figures. So, um, yeah, that this whole thing... It got me big, but um, this past week I've been going back watching Road Warriors stuff and just appreciating. It's a nice memory you've got of you in the uh, in the shoulder pads with both Road Warriors young fruity photo. Like I'm just so wide eyed and like my eyes are open to their fullest, and it's just like yeah, you can tell that 11 year old kid there with the spikes on is nervous as hell because he's meeting two of his like. Favorite wrestlers of all time. He's completely starstruck. Is that kid? <laughs> Not really easy way to move on from there. But um, shall we start getting into the reviews? Yeah, let's talk about some wrestling. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. So let's get on to the rap proper. Wednesday, September twenty third, twenty twenty. Impact Wrestling's Impact. Results were match number one, a three way match for the X Division number one contendership. Trey Miguel defeated Chris Bay and TJP. Second, a singles match for the X Division Championship straight after. Rohit Raju, the champion, defeated Trey Miguel in a matter of seconds. Third, a singles match. Susie with Kylie Ray defeated Kimberly with Diana Perazzo in her corner. Fourth, a singles match. Rob Van Dam with Katie Forbes defeated Sammy Callahan. And the main event. A singles match, Tenille Dashwood with Caleb with a K defeated Jordan Grace. There's a scene where Tommy Dreamer comes out and tries to do the match time thing for the Wrestle House people. And then the very next scene is Tommy Dreamer confronting Brian Myers backstage. So he's in two back-to-back scenes, but he's in two completely different outfits in each scene. <laughs> I think it did cut to an ad break there, but because we're watching on Impact Plus, we didn't get it. Like, nonetheless, a little bit of continuity control would be great. Although I do understand that, like, everything here was filmed the week after Slammiversary. Yeah, like, everything up to Bound for Glory is already filmed. Maybe the Brian Myers, Tommy Dreamer thing was meant to show up at a different time, maybe a different week, but that didn't mix things around, who knows. But yeah, yeah, that was just one little nitpicky thing that I found a little bit humorous anyway. So <laughs> he for impact 
fighting extinction of rhinos in the wild. And the cameos, that was pure gold. Yeah, you got Hasselhoff, you got Chuck Norris, Flavor Flav, like, yeah, it was amazing. Like, some of the other things, like when Rhino showed up, his name would appear on a graphic, but it'd be like his real name, Terence Rhinoceros Garen. Or then, like, D'Lo Brown shows up and they have a little, little graphic for his name. <laughs> they try to make it sound fancier by having longer names, so it was DeLorean Brown. Oh, man. <laughs> it um, was just amazing. Oh, I loved it so much. Also, Johnny Bravo telling Tommy Dreamer, this isn't Wrestle House, and it's not how it works here. Take that back to the 2300 Arena. <laughs> yeah, it was a good little... Good little jab. I loved it. The, this Johnny Bravo thing has weirdly got me hooked. Falabar? Oh, man, I love Falabar. Like, is basically me with long hair. So <laughs> I, I love him. <laughs> hey, don't talk yourself down. You're a lot slimmer than him. <laughs> Falabar's a, a chubby Filipino man who, like, instead of talking, just grunts half the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Get get my missus on the podcast one day. She'll tell you that half the words I say around the house out of pure laziness are just like, the only negative thing I had on here was the Katie Forbes attack on Sammy Callahan. That was not good, man. Especially when it comes out like after this that. That was it for RVD and Katie Forbes in Impact. Like, they're done now. <laughs> and, like, yeah, they kind of wrote her off well by getting by her getting pile-driven by Sammy. But still, RVD won the match. I don't know. Maybe he's going to come back next week to try to fight him off and Sammy will take him out after the match. Maybe this is, like, like this week was the actual date their non-compete ran out or something. Yeah, ma- maybe the, there is still some stuff, like, filmed involving them, maybe. But, uh, spoiler alert, they're not on this week's episode of Impact. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice Caleb's name graphic? I uh, didn't. I didn't. <laughs> so it's spelled K-A-L-E-B space W-I-T-H space <laughs> A space K. Yeah, I love that. Caleb <laughs> with the K. Overall, I set a thumbs up this week for Impact. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it one solid thumbs up. It was fun. From there, did you have time for Late Night Dynamite? I did. I did. I have a... There's barely anything worth talking about on here, but I have a thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> so results were... First, a singles match, Scorpio Sky defeats Ben Carter. Second, a singles match, Anna Jay with the Dark Order by ringside defeated Brandy Rhodes' uh, referee's decision. And then third, a singles match, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard in his corner defeated Matt Seidel. It must be noted, this began airing at 1am Eastern, USA time. Yeah, so this was apparently their tryout for their extra hour they're going to get at some point. And this is the sort of time frame they'll be given. Permanently, 1am. Like, when they get the extra hour, 
So when they get another hour's worth of television on TNT, this is roughly around the the time slash day that they'll be given. So this was more of a tryout to see what sort of numbers they could pull. Um, I suppose and, speaking of ratings, have you heard what they did? Yeah, like over half a million for like 1am on a day morning slash Tuesday night. Like, that's, Really? Yeah, it was like 583,000. <laughs> wow. Like that's like I doubt they could keep that if they were going every week, and this is the sort of programming you you got. But that's still an impressive number for one a.m. Like that's insane. So just the quick thoughts I had here was, I felt this was similar to the quality that Dark had when it first started. Honestly, these felt like free nothing matches. I would have preferred that a statement was made on this show, like a championship match. Yeah, even if they just gave us, like, a throwaway, like, women's title match or something like that. Like, I doubt they would ever contemplate moving Brody Lee and Orange Cassidy from the normal Dynamite to this because Orange Cassidy is strangely a massive ratings draw on the normal Dynamite. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, even if they just did, like, uh, Sheeta versus like Ivelisse for the title or uh, Diamante or something for the title. Just a little bit more sizzle would be great. Yeah, so I <laughs> trying to escape dark and we got this. I gave this a thumbs down. Definite thumbs down for me, but a massive thumbs up to Ben Carter. Yeah. This, this dude's he, got something. He hasn't been on before, has he? No, he's done... Uh, I think this was his third appearance in AEW, two matches on Dark, one on one on this Dynamite. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from there, do you have time for NXT US? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, let's talk about it. I have a feeling I'm going to have to do a bit of defending for NXT on this episode. <laughs> Uh, I, I know how you think, Chris, and I know you're going to hate a couple of the things on this show, and I'm going to have to defend it for them. So Thursday, September 24, 2020, it is WWE NXT US. Match one, a 19-woman battle royal for the WWE NXT Women's Number 1 Contendership. Backstage before the match, Candice LeRae takes out Tegan Knox, so Tegan is eliminated from this match, which would have made it 20. So, good booking there. <laughs> Participants were Aaliyah, Avery Taylor, Brandy Lauren, Catalina, Dakota Kai, Ali Hilly, Emily Androzazis, Gia Roman, Impressive Indy Hartwell, Casey Kanzara, Caden Carter, Marina Shafir, Raven Hi. Marie, Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Rita Reyes, Tankel Shotzi Blackheart, and Zia Lee. And the winner was Candice LeRae, last eliminating Tank Girl Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, on to the rest of the night. Second was a singles match. Tommaso Ciampa defeated Jake Atlas. Third was the tag team match. The Bruzango WWE NXT Tag Team Number One Contenders Tournament thingy. Danny Birch and Roderick Strong defeated Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza. 
Fourth, a singles match, Damian Priest defeated Austin Fury. Fifth, a singles match, Ridge Holland defeated Antonio Del Luca. And sixth, the gauntlet eliminator match for the WWE NXT number one contendership. So it was Kyle O'Reilly, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Kushida, and Timothy Thatcher, where Kyle O'Reilly last eliminated Cameron Grimes to win. I'll let you make your thoughts before I defend something, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll just go through everything here. I thought this was another happening show this week, in my opinion. While the build to take over is somewhat confusing, Priest versus Gargano announced out of nowhere. No takeover name, probably still in the full sale arena. The camera. Oh, cuts... there's, a, there's a takeover name. Yeah, now there is. At the time <laughs> I, I wrote this, there wasn't. It's now Takeover 31. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy name. When the, they could have done Halloween Havoc. I told you, SmackDown's going to do that because they're going to do the pumpkin match. Uh, they do need to do a pumpkin match. <laughs> <laughs> um, the camera cuts in the women's battle royal made it near impossible to watch or even realise who half these women were in real time. And only two entrances, Rhea and LeRae. Maybe it's just me, but I'm over NXT, where their women's division needs a new number one contender, but announces a battle royal. It's happened way too many times in the past. Yeah, uh, I fully agree with you on that one. And also, like, they do the, with Casey Catanzaro, they do the Kofi near elimination spot where she sort of, you know, just comes up with creative ways to get back in the ring. That's cool. But she did it twice in the same match. It, it just got annoying after a little while. It's just like, I don't care that... Now you're just bad. You can't stay in the ring. Like, you're obviously just bad at Battle Royals. Just go away. You're annoying. You're like a little insect. So my positive was, whilst the Gauntlet Eliminator and the Brizango tournament thingy were trying something out of the box, unlike the Women's Battle Royal, to determine a number one contender, this was like Russo gimmick on a gimmick booking. Like, why? I think the Gauntlet Eliminator match is good in theory. That's what we said about the Iron Man four-way 60-minute match that went to a draw. Yeah, it's good in theory, but in execution, it's clunky. It's just too many bodies. Um, you're better off... They were better off just doing a gauntlet, a normal gauntlet. And you would have had Kyle O'Reilly sort of survive like five big names or four other big names, and or even just have a one night, or even just have a five-way no DQ elimination match. Yeah, which is basically what this was—just staggered entrances. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much that. Um, the Brizango tournament. Yeah, the Brizango tournament. Bandango's an idiot, right? Like, that's his whole gimmick. He's the model, uh, he's like a model slash dancer slash airhead. He's a combination of like, like, because Tyler Breeze is the model, right? Tyler Breeze is Zoolander. Bandango's like Hansel, like from Zoolander. He's Owen Wilson to 
to Tyler Breeze's uh, Ben Stiller. So he's a bit of an idiot. And that's been his gimmick for years. So he throws together this really convoluted way of coming up with the number one contender for the tag titles. And, like, I think the whole gimmick here was that it was meant to be a bad gimmick because Fandango's an idiot. And, like, commentators kept bringing up how confused they were about the gimmick and all that sort of thing. I'm not saying that makes this a good gimmick. I'm just saying that sort of explain, like, it sort of makes sense for Fandango to come up with something so, like, convoluted and weird. Yeah, I like the part where he's, like, in his Sherlock Holmes get up and he's talking to Regal and Regal goes, don't talk to me in a fake British accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the little, um, the little exchange between Birch and William Regal at the very end where they're, like, basically talking in, like, uh, I couldn't under... Yeah, like, weird Cockney sort of just incomprehensible, like, English speak to each other. I thought that was great. Uh, that was a good little touch, actually. And it's good to see a little bit of uh, William Regal's comedic timing come back because, man, I love that dude doing comedy. He's a real man's man. Oh man, I still can't wait for the day that someone like like a heel pees in uh, William Regal's tea, and William Regal has to redo the Chris Jericho peed in his tea spot. Adam Cole takes a leak in William Regal's tea because he's not the number one contender. <laughs> Out of everything he's done in his career, that's the first thing you go to. <laughs> man. You just got to watch his facial expressions on that cell of the pee in his tea. <laughs> it's the best. I, I love good old Willie Regal. Um, yeah, so overall, I just gave this week a thumb sideways. What about yourself, Alex? Uh, yeah, th thumbs in the middle for sure. Um, man, I, I do love the idea of Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor. That's going to be that's going to be fun. Oh yeah, takeovers. This Sunday, uh, this Monday. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yep. yep. You love having pay-per-views every weekend yet? <laughs> and oh. every night with the G1? Man, I'm, I'm like one day behind on the G1 at the minute, and I am freaking out because there's another G1 to come later on tonight. Like, you miss one, you, you're left catching up for the rest of the entire tournament. And that's a bad position to be in, especially oh. with all this other wrestling going on. Oh, man. Let's just get this takeover over and done with and not have a pay-per-view for a month. <laughs> for a week. And yeah. then, then it'd be finals, and then it'd be Bam for Glory. <laughs> and then Hell in a Cell. And then Hell in a Cell, yes. Yeah. Um, from there, There's a draft somewhere in the middle, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the week after. No, yeah, the week before the finals. I think it's next week, isn't it? I'm not, oh, no, it's, not sure. It's, it's uh, not this Friday. Next Friday is the draft. Oh, boy, really? Yep. <laughs> um, so who would be your top pick, then, for SmackDown going to uh, Raw? For SmackDown going to Raw, I think AJ's going to go back to Raw. 
Okay, and then from um, Raw to SmackDown, top pick. Um, mm, uh, maybe Randy Orton, but but it doesn't look like this feud's done yet. Um, maybe a Kevin Owens, but it doesn't look like Alistair Black's done with him yet. Um, honestly, I think the best thing to do would be to swap champions. Swap Drew and uh, Roman. Yeah. Um, for myself, going to Raw from SmackDown. AJ, maybe Sami Zayn. Yeah. And if you do Sami Zayn, they do normally swap those two titles around because they're non-named titles. So it's the US and the IC, so it's not a Raw or a SmackDown title. Yeah, um, but then if you swap those titles, you have to send the entire Hurt business over to SmackDown. Yeah, but we've seen times before where they don't do that. Yeah, that's true too. They, yeah, they you play don't fast want and loose with up. their tag team drafts. Yeah. Um, Jeez, I'm just trying to think of a woman's pick who'd be good to send to SmackDown. Becky's out of action. Nia and Shayna are tied up in this tag team match uh, as are and, Ruby and Liv. Mandy's yeah, and Nia Jax there. put up a weird tweet about how her tag partner's pregnant, so I don't know what's going on there. I suppose from there, are you ready for a form of musical torture? Yeah, yeah. If we um, ever full, do full a... disclosure, Full disclosure, humans, we are currently recording this episode of The Wrap during Dynamite. And we're both, well, I'm not, I don't know about Chris, but we're both, I'm not watching Dynamite right now. This is awesome to be recording during Dynamite, so that way I can fall a little bit behind so I can fast forward through the musical ad breaks (laughs) during Dynamite. Yeah, when Dynamite first started, that song was so great, and... Now it's just nails on a chalkboard. It is my most hated song in all of wrestling, even more than whatever the NXT song is, even more than Are You Ready? I hate this goddamn song. Yeah, yeah, there's... um, If you were to give me a choice, be locked in a padded cell for the rest of your life listening to one of these two songs, AEW's Dynamite theme or the Right to Censor theme. I'm choosing the right to sense a theme. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so enough about that. I suppose we should move past the theme song and talk about the matches. Yep, let's light the fuse. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> so results were match one, a tag team match. Kip Sabian and Miro with Penelope Ford in their corner defeat Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Match two, a singles match. Hangman Adam Page defeat Evil Uno of the Dark Order. Match number three for the AEW TNT Championship. Mr. Brody leads a champion with the Dark Order by ringside, defeated Orange Cassidy. Match number four, a tag team match. Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa, the respective AEW and NWA women's champions, defeated Diamante and Ivelisse, the AEW women's tag team cup holders. And in the fifth match of the night, the main event, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship was on the line when John Moxley defeated Eddie Kingston by a referee's decision. Any quick thoughts here, Alex? Dynamite sucked, didn't it? 
Yeah, so maybe it was the lacklustre late-night Dynamite the night before, but I didn't enjoy this week's Dynamite as much. Nah, I, I didn't think it was good. Uh, I thought the opening tag match sucked. Like, it was just botchy as all hell. Very, very poor debut for Miro. I thought Brody Lee in Orange Cassidy was actually pretty good. Cody Rhodes is back, and he's more emo than ever. Uh, well, matches his band. Cody Rhodes is now the lead singer for Green Day. Um, hey, don't you dare insult <laughs> Billy Joel on this podcast. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Bill, Billy Joe's fine. Um, but, God, he looked like he was, like, the missing member for Green Day in this, like, American idiot era Green Day, like with the suit and the dyed black hair. Would you say uh, that Cody walks a lonely road, the only one that he has ever known? <laughs> uh, American nightmare idiot. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just want to say, like, I really loved Brody Lee's promo, like, after the Cody run in, like, the angry heel promo and him like with the dog collar and the chain and all that. I loved that. It was very old school and I thought it was a really good promo and I'm excited for a dog collar match because I haven't seen one in years. But um, yeah, I want to praise him for acknowledging the rules like Eddie Kingston comes out and says wrongfully eliminated front off the top rope so he gets his championship match tonight. However, the women's tag team match was confusing booking. Logic would say the tag team cup holders should pin a champion and get a championship match moving forward. Uh, yeah, I, I think Ivelisse and Diamante are not long for this world, by all rumours and reports. Slightly um, sandbagging? Yeah, uh, go have a look at that full Nelson spot from the Thunderosa Ivelisse match. Yeah, I did. Oh, man, just just disgusting. Um, yeah, I, I think... I don't think this was the initial plan. I think the initial plan might have been to build, build up Ivelisse and Diamante, but I don't think things are working out with, well, Ivelisse in particular. I'm just speculating. Like, this is not confirmed or anything, but, yeah... <laughs> I don't think things are working out well, and I think they're moving towards another rematch between Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, which I'm more than happy to see, to be honest. Do you think if they do that, they do a double title match and Thunder Rosa picks up the win? If you want a rematch, you have to put your belt on the line as well. Well, I think this time it's going to be for Thunder Rosa's title. Because Sheeta hasn't had a chance to challenge Thunder Rosa for her title yet. So they'll do that. And then they'll obviously have to be a third where, like, Thunder Rosa beats Sheeta successfully defending her title. And then they'll have to be a third because they're one apiece and they might put both titles on the line. And oh, that might be even more. Yeah, so you sort of get three of the same match, different titles on the line every time. And how you get out of that that third match, I don't know. So on Thunder Rosa? Yeah, yeah, geez, that'd be good. But 
yeah, I, I don't know what's happening with NWA. Uh, all reports like James Storm's gone now. Don't um, you mean UWN primetime? Uh, congratulations to new NWA national champion Trevor Murdoch. Like, yeah, good on him, but geez, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, honestly, like, man, I would love it if he showed up at a Dynamite. You put Dustin Rhodes and Trevor Murdoch in the same tag team and I'd be so stoked. Like, they would be perfect together. Wow, that is a really good pairing I hadn't thought of. Um, So just closing off here, because there's still a bit to touch on, I gave this a thumb sideways this week. Again, I felt the uh, late-night Dynamite, three hours of Dynamite this week didn't help. Yeah, I, I don't... You know what? I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the bad guy. So I'll give it a thumb sideways as well. I was going to give it thumbs down, but that Brody Lee promo really, really sold me. Yeah, and the Orange Cassidy match, uh, Cody returning, the Eddie Kingston getting his match, which made sense. Um, the Hangman match with Eva Luno was good for what it was. Kenny on commentary again, so they're building in that direction. It it wasn't the worst show I've watched in the past two weeks, so I couldn't give it a thumbs down. No, it, it just, it wasn't anything that particularly stands out, that's all. So from there, are you ready for a good time? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they ask me every week. My answer's always yes. <laughs> you know what? This week I kind of got a good time. Ooh. Uh, so Saturday, September 25th, 2020, WWE SmackDown. Results were match number one, a three-way match building up to the three-way ladder match for the IC title. No title on the line tonight. Sami Zayn defeated AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. Match number two, a singles match. Sing- Shinsuke Nakamura with Cesaro in his corner defeated Grand Metalik with Lucha House Party members Kalisto and Lindsay Dorado in his corner. Third, a singles match, King Corbin defeated Matt Riddle. And the main event match of the night, a singles match, Lacey Evans defeated Alexa Bliss via DQ. Uh, apart from the championship segment in the uh, men's division, do you have anything to add first? Oh, well, well, I thought the championship stuff actually carried this entire show. So, not really. Um, so, man, looking in hindsight, Sami Zayn defeating AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy in the three-way is a bit of a choice. Yeah, it sort of made you think, oh, they're not going to go that way. The uh, continued dissension between Lucha House Party, the just whatever's going on with Alexa Bliss, where she seems to be somewhat possessed, giving Roman an evil look. But yeah, I felt this was the far superior go-home when compared to Raw last week. And the Roman Jey Uso stuff is highly, um, is like really great, especially if you go back and watch the Chronicle, which aired this past week as well. It really adds to the build. That Chronicle is amazing. This whole feud has been fantastic. Man, it's really worrying that they're already teasing the fiend Roman Reigns thing because I want this Usos Roman Reigns thing to carry on for a bit. You know what the next pay-per-view is, right? 
Yeah, we're going to have that giant red hell in a cell again. And no. we're going to have the red lights back. He's going to bust out that mallet again. And we're going to have a DQ or a stoppage in a hell in a cell match again. No, he's going to bust out the red toolbox. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've completely killed Hell in a Cell for me. I have no interest in a Hell in a Cell match. Man, I would I, I would love it if they just, like, instead of this month, we've got Hell in a Cell on pay-per-view. We've got singles match on pay-per-view. That would be fantastic. Just WWE singles match. WWE wrestling match. <laughs> That's the pay-per-view theme I would love to see at some point. Oh, man. Um, honestly, I thought the show was greatly carried by the Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, and I gave it a thumb sideways. Yeah, I, I gave it a thumbs up just because the Jey Uso, Roman Reigns stuff is just that amazing for me. I just loved it. I love it even more in hindsight after... After seeing the pay-per-view, like, I think this whole build was perfection. Um, it's a shame that there was, you know, another hour and 45 minutes of TV show around it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, we go forward to Monday, September 28th, 2020, for WWE's Clash of Champions Gold Rush. They're stealing your gimmick. They stole yours, man. Oh, that too, but I mean... Subtitling every pay per view title. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pay per view coming up soon. I'll I'm gonna call it Gold Rush, Clash of Champions, just to confuse everyone. Yeah, well, it is the old WCW title. <laughs> yeah, I I was actually wasn't thinking the, whilst wasn't the first Clash of Champions headlined by Flair versus Sting. Yeah, forty five minute time limit draw. Lovely match. Yeah, like a really good match. It was like before that match, Sting was just like an up and coming like mid carder, and then Sting, uh, Ric Flair made Sting in that one match. So, <laughs> so of... speaking of classics, <laughs> <laughs> couple of changes here. It's announced via post wrestling. John Pollock reported that Nikki Cross is off the card, as were. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Uh, that means the right to squad, Ruby right to and Liv Morgan are not on the card either. You can make your own assumptions there. Yeah. Uh, by all reports, there's been a massive outbreak in COVID in Florida, particularly within the locker rooms of both NXT and AEW. Even if you look back at the Dynamite last week, you can tell it's... A bit of a bare-bones roster compared to normal. Yeah, we, we sort of glanced over it, but um, Lance Archer was supposed to be in that um, three-way preview match for the anniversary Dynamite show, and that got cancelled because Archer came into contact with someone, so he's in two weeks of isolation. Yeah, and uh, Brian Cage is in isolation as well. Uh, Rumour has it Nick Jackson is as well. Uh, the Nick Jackson one hasn't been confirmed, but that's the rumour. Uh, we got a segment with Matt Jackson, but there was no sight of Nick Jackson on Dynamite last week. So, yeah, there's. if you go through the AEW roster, you could see that there's a fair few people missing. Uh, you could 
probably do the same thing with NXT. Um, there was a few storylines that they had been doing that sort of didn't show up on last week's episode. Yeah. Um... And uh, Killian Dane being a big missing piece of that NXT puzzle, and then you have Nikki Cross pulled from the pay-per-view. Killian Dane's married to Nikki Cross, so you... It's not hard to sort of make assumptions about what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we just want to state everyone's in isolation. We're not jumping to conclusions like when everyone has uh, infected. No, no, there's a million and one reasons to stay at home these days. So staying at home is the most responsible thing to do, to be honest. So... I actually applaud those people that are in isolation or just staying at home for whatever reasons. Fair enough. Uh, so we start with the kickoff. Did you watch the kickoff at all, Alex? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh. Even if, it, like, it was originally going to be Asuka versus Zelina on the kickoff, but then plans changed. Even with Asuka on the kickoff show, I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> So the new kickoff match was the tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Cesaro and Nakamura, the champions, defeated the Lucha House Party team of Kalisto and Lince Dorado with Grand Metalik ringside. I thought it was a really good opening match. Um, now, as I stated last week, I was supposed to be doing the watch-along with the Up Next boys. Unfortunately, Davey's power went out in his street, so he couldn't do the watch-along. So, unfortunately, I have no watch along replay to share with anyone um but we did sort of a impromptu zoom call and did a sort of social watch along that way which was a lot of fun ah, that's good um yeah that's a shame that that would have been fun i was actually looking forward to joining in on the well just watching along your watch along but <laughs> um yeah that that would have been fun but who knows maybe you guys can work something else out for some time down the road. Yeah, who knows? So we go into the pay-per-view portion itself. The second match of the night, a three-way ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn defeats Jeff Hardy, the champion, and AJ Styles. So Sami is claiming that he still never lost the title and asks the ring announcer to say that he's and still champion instead of and new. <laughs> at this point I got up to go and get a drink and there was a 24-7 segment for the 24-7 championship Drew Gulak rolls up R-Truth to become new 24-7 champion uh, <laughs> no thoughts there Alex uh, I like the idea of Drew Gulak doing anything on TV but Anything but, but this? <laughs> anything but this would be nice. Um, I'm a huge fan of Drew Gulak, and I think he's fantastic. He's actually got a lot of charisma. His promos are great, and his technical wrestling is second to none. But, man, don't put him in, in the loser division. Don't put him in the 24-7 goober division. <laughs> goober division. <laughs> um <laughs> Match number four was a singles match, Raw Women's Championship. Asuka defeats Zelina Vega. Match number five, singles match, US Championship, the United States Championship. 
Bobby Lashley, the champion with MVP in his corner, defeated Apollo Crews. Match number six, WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, the champions, delete, defeat Andrade and Angel Garza. Match number seven, a 24-7 championship match. R-Truth defeats Drew Gulak. And it was at this point I went, oh, everyone wasn't joking. Drew Gulak was 24-7 champion and R-Truth wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because they all said it when I came back in chat, like I missed the entire segment from start to finish. All right. And I've come back and I've gone, oh, so what I missed? And they've gone, oh, Drew Gulak won the 24-7 championship and it's now on the SmackDown bro. And I go, no, he didn't. Get out of here. <laughs> um, match number... Apparently, we'll get into it later, but apparently him winning the 24-7 title that for the whatever one hour he had it for means that he's now a Raw guy. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> just ridiculous. Carry oh, on. Match number eight. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey the champion comes down to the ring and asks her to start counting, saying Nikki Cross is going to forfeit. Then Asuka comes down and the Comtes announce this is for the championship. And Bailey wins by DQ, attacking Asuka with a chair. In the post-match, Sasha runs in and attacks Bailey, leading to the two sort of staring down on the ramp in, in the ring. The co-main event of the night, an ambulance match for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defeats Randy Orton. And the main event, match number 10, singles match for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, the champion, defeats Jey Uso via referee stoppage when Jimmy Uso ran down and threw in the towel. Your overall thoughts there, Alex? Uh, I loved this pay-per-view. Wow. Um, there's, there is some, like, there's some lulls in it, but there's three matches I really loved on this show. Okay. Uh, one being the opening ladder match. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, 100% agree there. Uh, the stuff with the handcuffs, like, Sami Zayn, like, handcuffing the the ear of Jeff Hardy to a ladder. Where's Man, the that... Erica Reed and Avery's payday. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, man. But that, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, th- that whole stuff with the handcuffs and like Sami Zayn, like handcuffing himself to AJ Styles whilst Sami Zayn's pretty much out cold in the ring. So AJ couldn't climb the ladder. Man, that was just perfect. Like, I think in this one match, Sami Zayn's, like, like chicken stuff character, as you would say, chicken stuff, um, his, like, cowardly character was completely sold for me in this one match. Like, I loved it so much. Um, I know we're going to have differing opinions, but I actually enjoyed the ambulance match. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go uh, on. I- I felt like it was a match. It would have been good if this was the final thing in the feud. In hindsight, it's probably a little less uh, perfect, but I thought it was a perfect culmination to a feud at the time of this bully getting his comeuppance from everyone he's done wrong. 
And yes, it does sort of come across as like five on one or four on one or whatever. But like, how many times have you seen in a movie like all these picked on kids gang up on this one bully and it's a happy feel good ending? Yeah, no. Like it, it happens. Like, yeah, I'll get into my thoughts in a minute on that one. Um, um your third match, man. Like Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Uh, my initial thought was I'd give this match six out of six, but there's a couple of issues with it. Um, it may have gone on a little too long and maybe Jey Uso got a little bit too much offense in. But, uh, like, this match was near perfect for me, so I gave the main event of Clash of Champions five and a half beers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I loved it so much. I've watched it twice. The point where you bring up he may have got too much offense in, I'll defend that by saying they grew up like brothers. So they sort of know each other's weaknesses and um, strengths a lot more than, I don't know, Dolph Ziggler versus Roman Reigns would. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um but I'm also mean that I would have liked Jay to have been beaten down a lot more ferociously than what he was. Yeah, but Roman kept saying for him to call him the tribal chief and he wouldn't and he'd stop at points to ask him to call him that so he'd stop the match. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. I, I mean, like, what he did to, to him towards the end to force his brother to throw in the towel... I would have liked for it to have been a little bit more like a little bit less of the punches to the grounded opponent and just, you know, chucked in like half a dozen spears instead. Or he could have just gone Brock Lesnar on on Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah. Just a little something was missing. And like, yeah, in a bygone era, Jey Uso would have been a bloody mess. And that would have been perfect. Um, so I'll just go through some of my quick thoughts here. Overall, the build for the pay-per-view was one of the worst I can remember. However, all the SmackDown matches delivered. The great storytelling to Reigns versus Uso was so great with the Chronicle special. Or with was so great after watching the Chronicle special. The cr- the crowd for Bailey and the crowd for the Bailey and Banks segment would have been epic. Then Raw. Not so much. Both of Asuka's matches was what it was. Zelina in a championship match was baffling at best. Repeat of both the US and Raw tag matches, plus the 24-7 thing was meh. Yeah, then... I, quickly, I just want to chime in that yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of Zelina versus Asuka, but I loved the finish to it. Like, the... He was... Like, Zelina was doing, like, Zack Sabre Jr. style, like, pinfall attempts, and then, like, Asuka sort of flips her and reverses it into the Asuka lock. I thought the finish was fantastic, but, yeah, it was a nothing sort of match. Then... Drew and Randy was a slow plotting affair that went far too long. And the cameos were baffling at best. 
it took four retired slash semi-retired legends to help the world champion to defeat the challenger. Randy looks like a million bucks while Drew looked weak. Well, Drew was weak. He had a cracked jaw. Yeah. That's the story <laughs> they've been telling, that these guys, that like Drew might not be able to make it to the pay-per-view. Yeah, this guy's certainly not having the best world title run. Uh, someone put up a photo on um, Twitter or something, and it was uh, the title defences from Kofi Kingston's title reign next to the title defences from Drew McIntyre's title reign. And it's just like Kofi versus Dolph, Drew versus Dolph, Kofi versus... Uh, Randy Orton and Drew versus Randy Orton and all the pay-per-views are exactly the same all the opponents are exactly the same it's just like yeah they've really phoned it in creatively with Drew's title reign I think Drew's done his best like the best he could like especially on the mic I think he's fantastic but there's just not enough meat on the bone like I'd I can't even recall why Randy and Drew are in this blood feud. Like, what started all this? Like, Keith Lee? Like, Keith Lee? Oh, no, it was before that. Yeah, it was well before that. Like, there was the Ric Flair thing, I guess. God knows. Like, I, I think they've mishandled Drew in his opponents more so than anything like like there's plenty of guys on that roster that drew could do amazing stuff with given if they're given a lengthy program and i don't think like the guys like like dolph or randy are the right guys for him at the moment yeah i'd sort of have to agree there um overall i enjoyed this show for the most part i'd highly recommend checking out the Kickoff tag match. I thought that was really fun. Cesaro Nakamura versus Kalisto and Dorado. The three-way ladder match: Zayn, Hardy, and Styles, and the main event: Roman versus Uzo. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of ambulance matches. Plus, why did both men brawl past the ambulance to go all the way back to catering to brawl all the way back out? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, that's dumb. Yeah, as soon um, as I saw that happen, I'm just like, oh my god, this match needs to end now. <laughs> because they had to get to a pre-recorded segment with Christian because they couldn't trust Christian's thin skull in a live segment involving physicality. <laughs> Do you want me to burst your bubble on this match or not? Oh, everything was pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's like a really bad camera shot at one point. Oh, with the punt? Uh, no, with Sean. Oh, I missed that. I must have missed that. So I full-on was watching this entire pay-per-view whilst walking my dogs. <laughs> so I may have missed a few things. Like, like, I'm running out of time in my daily life to fit in wrestling these days to the point where I have to just... Like, hold my phone in front of me while I go on dog walks now to fit in wrestling. The G1, man. You, yeah, the, the you G1. Keep up or you fall behind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Like, my anxiety levels are, like, weirdly going through the roof right now, knowing that I, I have a night's worth of G1 to catch up on. <laughs> on the bright side, it's only five matches and not ten. Yeah, exactly. Even if it was ten, I'd only watch the five. You know how I roll. Oh, you'd want to watch <laughs> Suzuki and Desperado in a tag match oh, against Taichi and Katamaru. Actually, I would watch, like... Suzuki in a prelim match, that's for sure. Suzuki and Doki. <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, Classic Champions, Gold Rush, thingy special, I gave thumbs up. Yeah, I, I gave it two thumbs up. Um, if you haven't watched the main event, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns, Please watch the WWE Chronicle on Jey Uso before you watch the Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns match. It will just add to your enjoyment of the match, I think. Indeed. So from there, Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Did you watch Ring of Honor Wrestling this week? I watched it. Woo! Oh, wow. Yeah, I've watched it. I, I, I have thoughts. I thought it was Ooh. good. <laughs> so, pure tournament, night number three, judges are going to go Jester, Will Farrar, and Sumi Sakai. Match number one in the red A block. Fred Yehai defeats Silas Young in 13 minutes. And the second match in the silver B block was Josh Woods versus Kenny King. Went to a 15-minute time limit draw. They go to the judges. Gary Jester awards the match to Kenny King. Will Ferrara awards the match to Josh Woods. And Sumi Sakai, with the deciding vote, awards the match to Josh Woods as Kenny King had used a closed fist in the match and received a warning. Really good this week. Next week is in the red A block, Tracy Williams versus Russ Taylor. And in the silver B block, PJ Black versus Tony Deppen. The winners of next week will verse... Fred Yehai for the red block and Josh Woods for the B block. Your thoughts, Alex? I've really enjoyed um, Silas Young. He was fantastic. Um, He's the last real man's man. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I thought Josh Woods looked amazing. Um, he's got a great look to him. He almost looks like a... He almost look, like reminds me of like a Mirko Crocop with a beard. Uh, so that's for any of you old school MMA fans out there. Like, that's the sort of look he has to me with the with the trunks and all that sort of stuff. Um, he has a very interesting style, and I was really intrigued by him. Uh, Kenny King, on the other hand, has never really done it for me. But he's K-I-N-G King. The best thing Kenny King ever did was enter the... New Japan uh, Ring of Honor Rumble at Madison Square Garden at number one so they could bring out Suzuki at number two to have a play on the word king. Oh, the stupid thing about that is on Honor Club, Suzuki's theme's been dubbed over. Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, oh, that's that's disgusting. Yeah. I thought... I thought this was a really good episode of Ring of Honor. Um, this tournament is a smash hit for me. So, Silas Young, he brings up the point he was in the last Ring of Honor pure rules match back last year versus Jonathan Gresham. 
that he had the match won and Gresham had to cheat to win the match. I thought that was a really good touch in his sit-down interview. Um, yeah. All these sit-down interviews were fantastic, to be fair. Really good. Thumbs up again this week. Yeah, definitely. I I fully recommend people search it out, find it, um, watch it for free on Fight. Yeah, absolutely. Free for Fight. You've got no excuse. Yeah. Uh, so from there, we go over to Raw. <sighs> okay, that was Raw. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, oh, man. This episode of Raw had so much potential and was such a letdown. <laughs> yeah. So, so much so, so much so that I'm in a Facebook group, like a group message with like three other wrestling fans. And every week, we after every episode of wrestling, we, like, ask each other our thoughts, blah, blah, blah. No one has even mentioned Raw this week in our group messenger, and we are two days past Raw now. Really? No one's even mentioned anything from Raw in our messenger. It's oh, just wow. been, like, sharing, like, wrestling memes for the past two days instead, instead of, like... Oh, there was, like, this video of Papa Shungo smoking uh, some marahuchi. And, um, Marabuji? Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. And uh, he he's, blows out the smoke and magically turns into the Godfather. i got to send it to you. It's very funny. But, um, oh. yeah, no talk of Raw at all in in the two days, and there's been plenty of talk in this group. Those past two days as well. Oh, man. So let's get to it. Matches were... Match number one, a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Asuka defeating Zelina Vega to retain. Match number two, Keith Lee defeats Andrade. A 24-7 match backstage where Akira Tazara returns from the dead to defeat R-Truth then is hit by Drew Gulak, who was playing the role of the ninja. So Drew Gulak becomes champion. Then R-Truth rolls up Drew Gulak to become the new champion. So in the space of two minutes, the title's gone from Truth to Tozawa to Gulak back to Truth. Just then, what sorry. the hell? Yeah, just... Ugh. Drew's not even meant to be on Raw! Like, come on. <laughs> uh, tag team match. The team of Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, who've never teamed before, defeated Team Hashtag Boat, Lana and Natalia. Yeah, uh, this boat... Lana day. This Hashtag Boat seems to be a sinking ship, more like it. <laughs> match number seven. Kevin Owens defeats Alistair Black via DQ. Match number eight, a three-way match for the WWE 24-7 Championship in the ring. R-Truth defeats Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa to retain. A singles match where Murphy defeats Dominic Mysterio. 10pm Eastern, time for the Hurt Business. <laughs> As we go into match number 10, a trios match where it is the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Sheldon Benjamin 
who are defeated by Apollo Crews, Mustafa Ali, and Ricochet. And then the main event of the night, a singles match for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre, the champion, is confronted by Dolph Ziggler, who announces the return of Robert Roode. <laughs> and Drew retains. Um, do you want to start or should I? Uh, so earlier in the day, like, reports came out that James Storm was meant to, like, sh- meant to show up in WWE after WrestleMania this year, but COVID stopped that. So imagine what's going through my mind when Bobby Roode makes his return. And the exact same day that all this news about James Storm was meant to show up in either NXT or something, like after Mania, I'm thinking, oh my God, we're going to have a beer money reunion on Raw to cost Drew the title. That's what was promised on TNA, and that's why he left NXT to go back to TNA, and then Bobby Roode's like, oh, spot's just open in NXT. See you, TNA. Yeah. Yeah, well... So that was going through my mind. Like, they need something big here. They need a big hook because Drew needs a new opponent. Not night vision goggles. That's the premise for the next month. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Jeez, where the hell do I start with this, Raw? What the hell was that opening segment? Why is the world champion kissing up to retired and semi-retired legends? Oh, I can't defend it, dude. Um, I think this whole thing was just meant... This whole thing was meant to be like, yay, the good guy overcame everything. But it sort of more came across like, hey, these... I hate to agree with what you said earlier, but hey, these five bullies are like gloating about beating up this one guy. Yeah. That's why I think they should have just... <laughs> Left it at Clash of Champions and moved on. Yeah, then Zelina getting a second women's championship match out of nowhere. I thought, oh, maybe they're going to build this up to Hell in a Cell, but no, two and 24 hours. There you go. Get out of the way now. (laughs) The fact immediately after the 24-7 segment, we're going into it. The ninja presents Truth with Tazawa's black belt saying he's dead. And the commentators still think he's dead. After this ends, a match graphic pops up within seconds saying there's a freeway match in the ring later on tonight. So what would have happened if Tazawa was still dead? I think Adam Pearce might have known that he wasn't dead, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, yeah, nothing makes sense. Like, what's the point in, like, I've seen a couple of times they put the 24-7 title on the line in an actual match. And, like, usually, like, the title never even changes hands. So what's the motivation for actually wanting to be in a 24-7 title match in the ring when you've got a better chance of actually winning the title outside of the ring? So speaking of 24-7 champions... This will be fun because I think we did this after the last pay-per-view. Do you know how many title reigns R-Truth is up to now as of Raw, as of the end of Raw? Uh, Is it 42? 41. 41, yeah. I thought they said something something like that on commentary. 
Yeah, insane. <laughs> They're going to try to get him to 100 for sure. Get out of here, Raven, with your 27 hardcore reigns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think it's good. Like, they, the goal should be to get R-Truth to be 24-7 champion 247 times. <laughs> that should be the goal. Oh, man. Jeez. More, more terrible stuff. Alaya and Murphy. Pure crap. What the hell is the end goal of this? And it's to turn Murphy face. So uh, he's... It's, it's either to turn Murphy face or Aaliyah heel. Like, Murphy's like, what, my age roughly? Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the key component to Aaliyah's character is she's Dominic's <laughs> sister, she's Ray's daughter, and she's 19 years old. Those are the three components I keep drilling in your head about this woman. Also, she doesn't like being called naive. Mm. <laughs> she doesn't um, like that. Yeah. Uh, I really hope they're not going the obvious romantic route here. I hope it's just like a friendship thing instead. But <laughs> but I would I, I really don't hold any hope that WWE can do anything involving a relationship between a man and a woman that isn't romantic. I really don't think they're capable of it. Yeah. Uh, next, Alistair Black's eye is 50-50 booking at its finest. He has a patch. He doesn't have a patch. His eye is hurt. His eye is not hurt. He has a patch. He doesn't have a patch. Why should I care? He's, he's now got, like, a black eye. An Alistair Black eye. Like, um, <laughs> his whole pupil and, like, colour around the pupil is completely black now. Meh. Yeah, yeah. Um, they need to get these two away from each other. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm done with this. Alistair so, Black comes off like a douche because he's like, oh, you shouldn't have been spending time with your family during a pandemic. You should have been helping me fight people. A retribution recap video. Suppose we can talk about where they were this week. <laughs> Yeah, they tested negative, but they're in isolation for having contact near people that had COVID. Um, plus, after going on Urban Dictionary and seeing what Fawn's name means, yeah, we're just going to refer to him as Slapnuts. <laughs> well, Slapjack also is a, another thing as well, besides the Urban Dictionary thing, which I never heard of until last week. Um, Slapjack is also a, a blunt weapon that uh, Stevie Ray used to use in <laughs> late 90s WCW. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so just in case someone on this podcast has forgotten how to book Stevie Ray or doesn't know how to book Stevie Ray, give him a slapjack. He also does this weird, like, elevated pedigree thing that he also called a slapjack. He had two things called slapjack. <laughs> It was very confusing. Oh, <laughs> um, lastly, is Raw Underground dead? Yeah, so uh, I think it's pretty obvious what happened here. The reported COVID outbreak at, at the PC. Who fills up the underground standing around the ring? People from the PC. So 
a lot of people had to be at home for isolation, so they couldn't really do an underground, which is, I don't know, I think it was the best possible week to not have an underground because they just had that big thing with Braun and Yabba Dabu last week. So there's yeah, but nothing you, really built for it. Wouldn't you at least mention it that Raw Underground's taking a week off as Shane McMahon's training with Yabba Kato or something like that. Yeah, you better dip it up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, thumbs down, Raw. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dear Raw, go away. No one likes you. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So from there, TV champion of the week. Uh, who's going first? I can go first if you like. All right. Hit me. So I'm choosing the last real man's man, Silas Young from Ring of Honor. That's a very good choice. Uh, he had a fantastic showing on Ring of Honor. Absolutely. One of my favourites for a while on Ring of, Ring of Honor, and I don't think he gets enough recognition. I, I actually really like his look. Like, uh, oh, man. Like, when NWA Power was up and running, he would have fit so so good in NWA. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my TV champion this week, uh, much like how last week I gave it to, like, Trent and Santana, I, I have to... And I pretty much gave it to him because I didn't know if I'd ever get the chance to give it to him ever again. <laughs> I'm going to do a similar thing this week where I'm giving it to someone because I don't know if I'll get the chance to give it to him again. And that is Jay Uso. Oh, that's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his promo on SmackDown, his selling at the pay-per-view. I guess technically I watched it on my TV and it came out within the past week, the Chronicle thing. <laughs> that can sort of uh, include him on it. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he had a fantastic week and my god, am I am I so glad they didn't do what I thought they were gonna do at the very end. Did you feel a Jimmy Uso heel turn on Jay coming? No. Oh man, I, I, I must be too tortured from what watching like so much Russo WCW back in the day that I felt a J a Jimmy Uso heel turn coming at the end of that match. <laughs> I wanna put it past him, but I don't think with the the build up to that match, I don't think that's where they were going. No, I, I still think it could it could happen. I <sighs> I still could say it happened. It's just a little too convenient that Jimmy's the one that threw in the towel. Ah, oh, well. Uh, so that concludes weekly wrestling rap portion. Do you want to stick around for our block? Uh, yeah, let's do a bit of that. Oh, yeah. Talk about the better part of the week. So night three of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax 30. It is September the 23rd, uh, the third C-block match. Young line Yuya Yiramura from New Japan Dojo versus Gabriel Kidd of the LA Dojo and Gabriel Kidd wins, taking their records to two apiece. I gave this match a 2.75. And I don't rate Young Lions matches because I kind of skip them. No disrespect <laughs> to the guys, but I'm trying to watch 
as little wrestling as possible while yeah. still being able to watch as much as possible. Um, now, I suppose I should ask, did you watch any of these in English? No, I haven't watched a single night in English yet. Yeah, they are taking way too long to upload in English. Yeah, like two, like at least two days, which in G1 time is an eternity because like two days from now, three shows have happened. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a stretch coming up next week where there's four days in a row, then another yeah. four days in a row before the finals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you can't fall behind. <laughs> No, exactly. Um, yeah, that's why I've just bitten the bullet and just decided to watch everything with Japanese commentary. There's, like, weird points in times where the Japanese commentators speak in English and say, like, the weirdest things. Yeah, like... Like, other than the names or the moves? Yeah, like, Taichi does, like, a... Like, a flying enziguri to, like, the back of the head and the commentators be like... Oh, come and get it. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, he does it again, and the commentators just say it again. Like, is the name of that particular kick the come and get it? <laughs> like, I don't know. But yeah. but it, it was just very, it's very funny when they do stuff like that. I find it hilarious. I love it. So we move on to the A-block matches for the night. Match number 11 in the tournament, Jeff Cobb. Partly affiliated with Taguchi Japan, took on Shingo Takagi of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Alex had chosen Takagi. I had chosen Cobb. And Jeff Cobb picked up the win here, moving their respective records to Cobb at two, Shingo at zero. Uh, so our standings was seven each after this match. I gave this match three beers. Um... I gave this three and a half. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm partial to big meeting men slapping meat. So I'll say that a lot <laughs> during these few nights of reviews here. Fair enough. Um, match number 12, Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club. Alex had chosen Yujiro. I had chosen Okada. And Okada picked up the win here, moving to... Two points while Yujiro stayed on zero. Our R block points stand at seven for Alex, eight for myself. I gave this three beers as well. I gave this two beers. I thought this sucked. Um, (laughs) Well, if you thought Uh, that's. Yeah, go on. on. I just think Okada sucks in this tournament so far. (laughs) Like, Okada's just. Like, I would almost prefer red hair balloon Okada right now. Yeah, depressed balloon Okada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from there, we go on to what I thought was one of the standout matches of the tournament. It is match 13, Minoru Suzuki of Suzuki-gun taking on Taichi of Suzuki-gun. Alex had chosen Minoru. I had chosen Taichi. Taichi picks up the win here. Their respective records move to four for Taichi, um, two for Suzuki. Alex stands at seven. I stand at nine. I gave this a 4.50. Yeah, I gave this a four. But I, I did love this very much. <laughs> Match number 14. Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos took on Will Osprey of Chaos. Alex chose Osprey. I chose Ishii. Osprey picks up the win here. Ishii stays on zero while Will moves to four points in the block standings. 
Alex at eight, myself at nine. I gave this a four. And I finally got one right on this night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was a really bad night, and this is this particular night has pretty much caused my downfall for this entire tournament. Man, I loved this match. I loved this match so much. Five and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Trust me, we're going to get some pretty high ratings coming up soon. So, match number 15, main event of this night, Kota Ibushi, not affiliated with anyone, took on Jay White of Bullet Club. Alex chose Kota, I chose Jay White, and Jay White got the victory here, moving their block standings to four for White, two for Ibushi. Alex on eight points, myself on 10. I gave this a 3.50. Oh, wow. Uh, I gave this a four and a half. Very good. Um, at the end of that night, Alex got one out of five. I got four out of five. We picked exact opposites from each other for this night. So it was either going to be really good for someone and really bad for someone else, no matter what. It was really bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next night, September 24th, B-Block action starts off with a Young line C-Block match number four. Yota Suji of New Japan Dojo took on Yuya Yiramura of New Japan Dojo. Yota Suji picked up the win here, moving to four, while Yiramura stays on two. Well, these are just the unofficial <laughs> unofficial C-block rankings. <laughs> uh, I gave this Young Lions match two and a half. Very we good. Did, we go on to the B-block proper. Hiroki Goto of Chaos took on Sonata of Bossing Goblin Nablis de Pwn. We had both chosen Sonata. Goto got the win here, moving to two points. Sonata stays on no points. Um, Alex moves to eight, while I moved to ten. I gave this three beers. I gave this 2.75, and I hated it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, this is where we reminded me of how much I don't like Goto sometimes. Fair enough. Match 17 of the tournament. Hiroshi Tanahashi, partly affiliated with Gucci Japan, took on Toru Yano of Chaos. Alex chose Yano, I chose Tanahashi, and Yano picks up the win, moving to four, while Tanahashi stays on zero. Alex moves to nine, I I stay on ten. I gave this 2.75. I remember before this tournament started, I said, I'm picking Yano over Tanahashi, and either I'm going to look like an idiot or a genius. I had a poor night the night before, but this made up for it, me predicting Yano over Tanahashi. I am a genius, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a wrestling god. I gave this three out of six just because, yeah, I loved the whole, like, tape around the eyes thing. Yeah, I thought it was was fun. Match 18 of the tournament. Juice Robinson of Taguchi Japan took on Kenta of Bullet Club. Alex and myself had chosen Kenta, but Juice got the win here, moving to four points. Kenta stays on two. Alex is on nine, while I'm on ten. I gave this three beers. I gave this 1.25, hated it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh, Ju- Juice is, like, very hit and miss with me sometimes. Yeah. This was a bit of a miss. Fair enough. Match 19 of the tournament, Yoshihashi of Chaos took on Evil of Bullet Club. We had both chosen Evil, who gets the win here, moving to two points. Yoshihashi stays on zero. Alex on 10, myself on 11. I gave this three beers. I gave it four. I, th- I thought Yoshihashi was fantastic in this. I've never seen Yoshihashi look like a redeeming, worth-my-time-watching wrestler before. 
and he was fantastic in this match. And this was the best match of the uh, of Evil's run since joining the Bullet Club. Like, <laughs> this is easily Evil's best match since joining the Bullet Club. Get out of here, Naito, with your double championship stadium match. Bring in Yoshihashi to get out the best of Evil. <laughs> it's just insane. Like... How was the I'm match not... against Naito so bad and the match against Yoshihashi was so good? I'm not disagreeing with you. I thought this was, yeah, one of his best matches since the turn, but yeah, it's, it's just jarring to realise that. Yeah, it's really strange. Like, I'm slowly falling in love with Yoshihashi in this tournament. <laughs> oh, like, man. I, I thought I was starting to like Goto, but then things changed for me. But then out of nowhere, Yoshihashi is an amazing wrestler. What? Oh, yeah. Don't you dare doubt the headhunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Match number 20, main event of the B-Block night. Tatsuya Naito of Los Ingobernables de Japón took on Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki Gun. We had both chosen Naito here, who gets the win moving to four. Zack Sabre Jr. stays on two points. Alex goes to 11, I go to 12. I gave this a 3.75. I gave it a 5. Oh, wow. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was just me watching in the Japanese commentary, but I thought this was a, a little bit miss, or maybe I was just expecting more on paper. Yeah, I, I think we're coming across a trend of me giving out really high scores. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, like, I also gave out a 1.25 for a Kenta match. So, <laughs> like, oh, there's man. no in the middle with me. I either love it or I hate it. <laughs> so, night four, Alex got four out of five. I got one out of five that night. Go on to match number five, September 27th. Opening Young Lions match is C block number five. Yocha Suji of New Japan Do Dojo took on Gabriel Kidd of the LA Dojo. And Gabriel Kidd got the win here. Um, both men moving to four points on the unofficial rankings. I gave this a 2.75. Very good. Uh, all A block action for the rest of the night. Taichi of Suzuki-gun took on Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club. Alex chose Yujiro. I chose Taichi. Taichi gets the win here, moving to six. Yujiro stays on zero. Alex on 11, myself on 13. I gave this a 2.75. I actually thought this was pretty good for a Yujiro match, and I gave it three and a half. Pretty yeah, I can't, much, can't argue there. Yeah, I pretty much just graded it on a scale of, yeah, like this might be a two and a half match if Okada was in it, but because it's Yujiro and Taichi, they can have like three and a half of this. I think <laughs> that's what I was doing the first night, sort of grading on a, on a curve, and then the rest of the tournament I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a couple of people I saw a grade on a curve for, but, like, I'm not going to grade on a curve for to, like, bump anything over, like, three and a half or four or something like that. Fair enough. Match 22 of the tournament. Jeff Cobb, partly affiliated with Taguchi Japan, took on Minoru Suzuki of Suzuki Gun. Alex chose Cobb. I chose Suzuki. Suzuki getting the win here, moving to forward. Cobb stays on two points. Alex on 11, myself on 14. I gave this three beers. I gave it four and three quarters. Ooh. I, I loved it. There's, yeah. like, 
there's an exchange of like uh, grappling and wrestling at the very start of this match that I just found so enjoyable. Like it was so good. Fair enough. Um, match twenty three of the tournament: Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos. We'd both chosen Ibushi, and Ibushi gets the win here, moving to four. Ishii staying on zero. Alex goes to 12. I stay on 15. I gave this 3.50. What? Are we watching other different matches? I gave this a six. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to grade down Ishii's matches for skull on skull headbutts. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, watching, uh, listening to Shibata's music recently doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I thought this was like very physical. But this is like what I want out of, like not what I want, but what I expect out of like an Ishii match. I thought this was pretty close to perfect. Fair like, enough. Yeah, I loved it. Um, match twenty four of the tournament: Will Osprey of Chaos versus Shingo Takagi of Lost in Goblin Nablis de Hapone. We had both chosen Shingo for this match, and Shingo gets the win, moving to, moving to two points. Osprey stays on four points. Alex goes to 13. I go to 16. I gave this my highest score so far, five beers. I gave this my equal highest score of so far of six beers. Wow. I gave two six-beer matches in a row here. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, like, it just sort of depends on what mood I am, what mood I'm in as to which is match of the night out of this night. Like... Like, it's just, this was just a smidgen underneath the quality of their best of the Super Juniors final. But if I was to be able to give a rating to that match from back in the day, I'd probably somehow give it six and a half out of six beers. So, <laughs> like, yeah, this this was perfect. I love these two guys together. Amazing. Main event of the night was Kazuchika Okada of Chaos versus Jay White of the Bullet Club. Uh, we had both chosen Jay White, and Jay White got the victory here. Moving to six points, Okada stays on two points. Alex goes to 14. I moved to 17. I gave this a 4.25. Yeah, I gave this a 5.25. <laughs> I thought this was great. Um, I- I've been really enjoying Jay White's heel shtick during this tournament of, like, trying to get the crowd to chant. <laughs> oh yeah, the Ibushi match. Yeah, Come on, cheer for him. You love him, Ibushi, Ibushi, yeah. and it's going. Yeah, it's and like going, no, no, cheer for him, cheer. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm gonna do something, and you can't even boo me. You're just gonna clap, and then everyone just starts clapping. And he's like, yeah, yeah, clap for me, clap for me, you, you idiots. Oh, man, it was fantastic. Jay White's been an absolute star for me in this G1 so far. Um, Dare you say J1? Yeah, the J1. Um, Man, I gave this night, out of 30 beers possible, 25 and a half out of 30. That's how much I loved this night. I loved this night so much. I think night five, G1 Climax 2020, 
it's a must-watch show. So uh, for the night, Alex got three out of five, and myself, I got five out of five. You got five out of five on your birthday night. Yeah, probably the only time it's ever going to happen for me. Well, I, I, it ain't happening anytime soon for me. I'm having a terrible run. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, we're going to the last night we watched before recording the wrap. It is September 29th, another B-block action for night six. So kicking off the night in the unofficial C-block, match number six, Gabriel Kidd of the LA Dojo took on Yuya Yuramura of New Japan Dojo. And Yuramura picks up the win, moving to four. Kid stays on four as well in the unofficial rankings. I gave this a 2.50. Very good. Yeah, I know you're not going to watch the online matches unless you're watching live. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I wasn't watching live for this particular night, unfortunately. Um, so we go to the remaining B-block matches of the evening. Match 26 in the tournament. Yoshihashi of Chaos took on Sonata of Los Ingobernables de Hapon. We'd both chosen Sonata, and Yoshihashi got the win here, moving to two points. Sonata's still on zero. Uh, we both stay the same. Alex, 14. Myself, 17. I gave this a 3.25. I gave this two. It was Match... all right. Match 27 of the tournament. Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki-gun taking on Kenta of Bullet Club. We had both chosen Kenta, and Kenta got the win here, moving to four points. Myself, uh, sorry, Zack Sabre Jr. staying on two. Alex on 15, myself on 18. I gave this a 3.50. I gave it a five. I actually really enjoyed this match. Fair enough. I think, again, it's just my expectations of a Zack Sabre match, and it sort of lends itself a lot more to the English commentary talking up the holds and that. Yeah, I, I think um, as much as I enjoy Zack Sabre Jr.'s work, I think I must have lower expectations of him or something. I don't know, but <laughs> he keeps blowing my mind every time I watch him. So, I, so it must mean that I think less of him or something, that he surprises me every time. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, match 28 of the tournament, Hiroshi Tanahashi, partly affiliated with Taguchi Japan, took on Juice Robinson at Taguchi Japan. Alex chose Tanahashi. I chose Juice. And Tanahashi got the win here, moving to two points. Juice stays on four. Alex on 16, myself on 18. I gave this three beers. I gave it two. I thought it was very meh. It was well, okay, but it was meh. Well, speaking of meh, we go to match 29 of the tournament. Toriyano of Chaos taking on Evil of Bullet Club. Alex had chosen Evil, myself Toriyano. And Toriyano wins, going to four. Evil stays on two. Alex on 16, myself on 19. I thought this was one of the worst G1 block matches of the New Japan World era. I gave this a 0 0.25. I gave it 0 0.75. So, yeah, I'm not that far off from the same opinion as you. Um, I pretty much gave it 0.75 because I was happy with the result. <laughs> I'm happy that Yano's on a winning streak. Main event was match number 30 of the tournament. Hiroki Goto of Chaos taking on Tatsuya Naito of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Alex chose Naito. Myself, I chose Goto. 
and Naito picked up the win here, moving six, while Goto stays on two. Alex is on 17 points at the end of the day. I'm on 19. I gave this a 3.75. I gave this a 1.25. This was boring. So at the end of the day, Alex got three out of five. I got two out of five for that night. Let's talk about Evil Yano. Yeah, let's do it. <sighs> like, it's pretty much like AJ and Shin- Shinsuke had the whole dick kick feud. Yeah. And these guys saw this and went, hold my beer. Yeah. Let's, for this uh, match. Let's fit, fit in about six or seven nut shots within the space of 30 seconds here. To the ref, to the each other to the manager who runs in and does it, then he gets some. It was just pure crap of a tournament match. Yeah, Dick to go gets some bloody yeah. It's it was horrible. But the redeeming quality of this match was that Yano won for me. <laughs> I think I gave Evil's first match 1.75. Then I gave him Against Yoshihashi, I gave him a three, and then, yeah, 0.25 for this one. He is just having a terrible tournament with so much expectation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's having a pretty ordinary run. Um, I'm looking over my reviews here. Sonata's been a real disappointment as well, for me personally. I've given Sonata night two... Against Yano, I gave him 1.75. Not four against Goto, I gave him two and three quarters. And then not six against Yoshihashi, I gave Sonata two. And yeah, I, I've expected a lot better out of Sonata as well. Um, not six overall from the B block. Out of a possible 30 beers, I gave it 11. Wow. (laughs) Like, I hated Night 6. I don't know if that had anything to do with the fact that that Night 5 got 25 and a half out of 30, and then the following one is 11 out of 30. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it was some fatigue. Who knows? But, man, I hated this night. It was just nonsense. It was just crap. I had high hopes for Tanahashi and Juice. I was very optimistic, especially because I thought Naito's been on a fantastic run in the B block so far. I was really optimistic for him versus Goto, but it it didn't do anything for me. It felt like the longest Naito match of the tournament, despite it being the shortest Naito match of the tournament. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, B Block's just struggling. It's struggling hard. At least you got the young lions to look forward to. I'm just gonna have to watch the young lions on B Block nights because maybe I'll be able to get a get a decent match just in case so night seven a block september 30th night eight b blocks october 1st night nine a block october 5th night 10 b block october 6th 
Night 11, A Block, October 7th. Night 12, B Block, October 8th. So that's about the next week or so there for us anyway. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we should move on to your favourite part, leaderboard. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't fret too much. Yeah, I, I'm actually... I thought I was a bit further behind than what I actually am, so I'm kind of pleasantly surprised. So, total points. Alex is on 24. I, myself, am on 25, so I'm one point ahead. If you draw me on that, you have me beaten on the three-pointer tiebreak. Yeah. Um, man. Ah. Uh... I'm just I'm just having a really bad run with this G1. Um, that that one out of five night is going to haunt me forever because uh, there's no there's no possible way I can catch up unless you start putting some ones and zeros on the board, and I don't think you will. I've done two one out of five nights and a two out of five, so I've done three low scoring nights where I've got. Four out of fifteen. That that five night pretty much buried me. <laughs> Only a little. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who knows? Anything could happen. We still got more than half a tournament to go. So. Yeah, well, that that's it too. You're not even halfway yet. But I suppose from there we should sign off for the day. Yeah. Um. What a week in wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. Wow. Uh, the, like, you disagreed with me, but I honestly thought that uh, Clash of Champions was better than any night of the B block. That's a hot <laughs> take. That's a sizzling hot take. But I, I just hated the B block. Um we had Clash of Champions in a 24-hour period after that night, uh, what was it, night five of the G1 that I, I'm ranting and raving about. That was a great 24 hours in wrestling for me. <laughs> um, it was, wasn't even 24 hours. It was like 12 hours. There was some really good wrestling this week. People, go back, watch... Watch Ibushi versus Ishii. Watch Takagi versus Osprey. Watch Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Like, there's some really good wrestling this week. And, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Fair enough. And we'll speak to you on, well, I suppose Friday, hopefully, with the Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, night number six. It'll be out shortly after this is posted. Ugh.